Hey, hello, welcome everybody. How you doing? It is Sunday as I sit here recording in my pants. Put that image in your mind. My family went away on Friday. Uh, long story short, I got thrown the opportunity by the powerful Dave McGregor for a wild camp uh, to see the stars in Yorkshire. So I took it with two hands. My 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 lady wife, who's just a superstar, said, yep, go do it. I might take the kids to my friend's caravan. And so therefore, that's what happened. But they went for the weekend. So I got back uh, yesterday, as I say, at the time of recording, it's Sunday. Um, and I've had a load of time to myself, which on paper is fucking amazing. Uh, but I felt a bit lost, truth be told, truth be told. What have I done? I've um, got back from camping. A little bit of tidying up my own shit, putting the tent out. The tent got wet, but what a wonderful night. But I'll get to that. Um, yeah, so I was in the house kicking back. I watched two films. I got a pizza. I got some chocolate. I had some nice craft beers and um, just lazed about on my own, which was lovely. But just, yeah, with a six-year-old, a five-year-old and a three-year-old and my stepdaughter in and out and other people and bits and bobs, it felt weird. It felt... Um, I know it's good for you. It's good to have that time. But yeah, it definitely made me appreciate the mad busyness of my home and my family and made me think that one day it'll uh, it will be like this. It will be quiet except oh, my bones will be older and my joints will be stiffer and my wife's patience will be thinner. <laughs> um but no, all in all magical. So I've really enjoyed it this morning. I woke up again quiet house and I watched the boxing and watched Lomachenko and Lopez. What a great boxing match that was I've not watched much boxing for a while but really enjoyed that um I watched Brian Ortega with the UFC it was like the old days watching telly watching bits on me just scrolling through my phone watching stuff entertainment stuff that I love sports um I gotta say the appetite is just not there as much anymore it just doesn't seem as important for me personally anymore because there's lots of other things I'm doing with human beings that uh, are in my life but I've enjoyed it it's been lovely and now I'm sat in here in my pants with a coffee talking to you guys so thank you very much for being with me yet again appreciate it um it's been a lovely lovely week we have had a couple of podcasts recorded this week which i'm really looking forward to bringing to you um there's a lot of camping theme going on at the moment um and i, I say camping theme because it is camping but i'm kind of treating it as a therapy i think as we move through these difficult times wild camping is i'm treating it as a it's a mental therapy um, it's nothing new. We've been told to get out in the woods and get out and go for a walk and get out amongst the plants and the trees for the age of time. Um, but I'm certainly feeling it in my life and I've got some really interesting guests uh, coming up where we where we discuss all this stuff. So there's that to look forward to. But as ever, we are brought to you by Go Deep Flotation Therapy. Flotation Therapy, get googling check it out it's wonderful it's magical it's amazing and our friends kieran and annie at go deep um if you, if you just google go deep flotation.com you will come up with go deep flotation you can read on their testimonials you can see the pod you can see the the environment that they've created in their in their um venue and they're doing reiki reiki someone pulled me up in the messages about saying reiki reiki scone scone fucking fuck knows We'll go with Reiki this week. You can get Reiki and flotation sessions together combined. And I think it will work where Kieran takes you in for the float and Annie takes you through the Reiki. I think my my wife and I are going to try and shoehorn some of this in if we can uh, on the lead up to Christmas. 
Um, but they're doing a package there and you can get a 10% discount if you use the code word CHEW as a listener to this podcast. So I urge you to get over there. If you haven't floated anyway, you can just grab a float. They've got a lovely CBD uh, selection. They've got some really good quality CBD, which I've been using, which has helped me with my back and sleeping. And just, I think I have six or seven drops in the morning. And it's just really nice. Just seems to just, it's almost like a good quality oil, just helping your engine run smoothly and not grind and grate and splinter and so on. That's how I feel about it. It just feels, it feels good. Um, and they do that. You can grab that as well. So I urge you to get over there. Float. Check it out. Google it. It's a wonderful experience. We are also brought to you by LincolnCryolab.co.uk. That is a mental experience. I did a... Um, I did a little vlog over on our Instagram page. You can see it now. It's on the Instagram. I think it's in IGTV. It's on the main page. You can grab it. It's only a couple of minutes long. I just did a quick sort of inroad into the into the pod. What's going on in there? Um, and how you get in it and what you do and how long you're in it. And you can see it. You can see the the literally the 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 cold steam. Is it steam? Cold liquid nitrogen smoke looks like smoke looks like it looks looks like i'm taking off in a rocket um it is wonderful three minutes i was really cold actually i was really really cold i think matt had me down to minus 140 degrees within the first minute but i've been a bit cold lately and my wife's a little bit of a witch she's um she said you know when i've got a cold core temperature it's probably not a great thing and i've been a little bit cold lately i felt it um but Nevertheless, it was wonderful, um, and you guys can get that experience as well, and you can go with a code word, CHEW, to get your 10% off. Three minutes, blast yourself in a cryo chamber, and if you've got any aches and pains and creaks and knocks, fantastic for that. If you're struggling with sleep, if you've got skin situations, if you're a bit down, you, you know, you're struggling with the times, you're struggling with the news, you're struggling with all the, the madness, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. It really does zap you into some kind of primal state of being, so... With the code word chew, like I say, 10% off, head over to lincolncryolab.co.uk and tell them Chew the Chat sent you and they will look after you, the wonderful people. I think actually we're going to get Matt on. I think we're going to try and get Matt on in November. Matt Frost, who is the owner, proprietor, um, chief of Function First, the Academy, uh, and they're within the Academy. They have Lincoln Float lab and they've got Lincoln Cryolab and the CBD, uh, CBD23 company as well. They're doing bonkers range of cbd stuff and i mean anything and everything and it seems to be going down crazy and people are doing cbd bits and eating cbd chocolate and cbd drinks and then doing the cryo and having amazing results i was actually in there listening to matt um dealing with a client a lady who's had chronic situations she was actually talking about how she's um not not been using specific drugs. I think it might have even been methadone. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think you can hear it on the video. I think he's mentioning it on the video, on the vlog that I did on our, on our Instagram page. So head over to Tudor Chat Instagram. Give us a like, give us a follow, and you'll see it all on there anyway. Um, and that's the only place we are on the internet now. I've talked about this on recent um, episodes, intros, outros, and so on, that I'm trying to just disconnect as much as I can from the internet um, and just being lost in the code of what we think other people think they think and what we think about what they think and what what do I think about what I think and fuck off. So yeah, minimizing. We've got the we've got the Instagram, we've got our YouTube, and then obviously as you're listening to this, wherever this gets punched out from our home base, which is anchor.co. Uh, anchor is dot fm, isn't it? Yeah. Anchor.fm. 
So thank you to Anchor, you heard the advert at the start. Or you probably skimmed past it if you've got anything about it at this stage in the game. Um, okay, so last week I went camping with Jay from Jay's Inc. And it was it was fantastic. We had a special experience. Uh, we did some shamanic behaviour and visited the old gods. Um, and it was really, really precious. I've still not condensed it down. I still haven't had time to really... I say I haven't had time. I just haven't had the wherewithal to break it down into what it was. And I know it'll come over time, but it was a wonderful experience. I met two wonderful new friends uh, in Johnny Boy and in Clint. Um, and I know Jay got in touch with me in the week and he said he's been out and got a load of a much tighter camping gear, got himself a smaller tent and, a uh, you know, the shit. If you've been camping the first time and you go wild camping, you end up with the equivalent of a caravan with you. <clears throat> and then you realise quickly that you just don't need... 90% of that stuff and then you whittle it down and then it becomes a really pleasurable experience so Jay's done that so we'll be going out again at some point and maybe we'll capture some of it next time I'm not sure just never feels right at the minute I just had a lovely camp uh, like I say on Friday night with Dave McGregor and as much as we have wonderful conversations and things happen I just can't bring myself to get my phone out and fuck about with it at the minute and I think it's the transition that I'm going through where I'm really paying mind to the reality that I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to this scrolling for the madness, the colours, the fucking whatever's going on out there and got to be real myself and actively try and put some distance between me and it. So that's what's going on. Um, okay. This week, we're going to listen to um, my guest, Chris Glasson. Chris is one half of Hardcore Listing podcast. And Hardcore Listing, for those of you who don't know, is one of the big podcasts from the Distraction Pieces Network. The Distraction Pieces Network is um, Scroobius Pip's network. Scroobius Pip is a spoken word poet, uh, one half of Scroobius Pip versus Dan Lassac, uh, Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip, from uh, I think early 2000s around there. Went on to do his own solo music. Uh, the record he did, the solo record he did, Distraction Pieces, went on to hang, hit, hit like number 35 in the charts. It was a big record. He's now got one of the biggest podcasts in the UK, having made an appearance on the Joe Rogan Experience. Scroobius Pip caught my attention, uh, and Joe pushed him into, you should do a podcast, because he had an XFM radio show at the time, Scroobius Pip did. And then he said, you know what, I think you're right. And so he started a podcast, and it's fantastic. I think his first guest was Russell Brand, and he had DJ Yoda and Zane Lowe, and it goes on and on and on and on. And Scroobius Pips moved more towards acting. He was in the TV, BBC TV series Taboo with Tom Hardy, uh, written and produced, I think, by Tom Hardy as well. Became good friends with him, and he's cracked open a whole world of acting and script writing. And there's a point in our conversation today with Chris, because Chris is one of Scroob's best mates, hence he went on to create the podcast Hardcore Listing with his co-host Stu Whiffin, previous guest of Chew the Chat podcast. You can hear Stu, if you look back in the back catalogue, you'll see Stu Whiffin in there, lovely, lovely dude. He is also a pod Bible owner and director um, and just all round super dude. So yeah, Chris coming on was amazing for me and all of that. I just sort of shoehorned into like 40 seconds was me listening to the Joe Rogan experience as you usual for the last however long, 10, 11 years. And hearing an English lad on in Scroobius Pit was really, I always love hearing the British guys on there because obviously we're representing. So I followed Scroobius Pip uh, and he started his podcast just as we moved to Thailand and he kind of soundtracked me as like an anchor to the UK while I was gone. And uh, Scroob 
had a couple of his mates on, Chris Glasson and Stu Whiffin, for like a Christmas podcast, bit of fun, bit of a drink up and put the world uh, to rights and the year into review and uh, the, it went down great and the two lads were fun and they ended up with Hardcore List in their podcast which went out on Scroob's Distraction Pieces Network and so there, there you go, we all intertwine and since then, you know, I've been on Hardcore Listing with those boys, um, been down and to a couple of functions with them and met Scrooby's Pip and it's been really magical and that's what I love about podcasts. There's a there's a non-filtered, non-agenda driven, you know, sort of route to what you love and what you like and it makes this podcast as the one with Stu and me going on theirs and all that a little more powerful in, in, for my money anyway. So me and Chris have a bit of fun. He's a very um, intelligent lad, always probing, wondering what's going on. He's a very conscientious lad. Um, he's been through a lot in the last kind of 24 months and it was interesting to catch up with him, and I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. We kind of we kind of just play with philosophy a little bit and play with ideas uh, through the the lens of daft lads. Um, but it's a fun one, and always a pleasure chatting to him. And as you'll hear towards the end of the chat, and as I'd said with Stu Whiffin, if you go back and listen to that, the guys are really keen to come up to the Peak District and do a camp. Um, they do wild swimming and stuff already. You can actually check them out. They did a a, way, a weekend in Wales wild swimming. That they documented. I think there's like four parts to it. So if you go on hardcore listing, you're able to dig that out and listen to that. That was great fun. Um, but yeah, Chris and Stu and I are going to try and work something in maybe next spring. Uh, bring them guys up here because they've not been they're, they're Essex way. Bring them up here. Go to the peaks. Do a wild camp and a wild swim, and then jump in this studio and actually get a podcast down in the flesh and have some fun and a scoop and a slurp and all those things. And bring that to you. So that's to look forward to. But for now, we're going to go in with um, Chris Glasson uh, via our Zoom chat, and uh, it, like I say, it was a fun one. So thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to you guys for tuning in and listening and sharing and doing all those things that you do do. It is wonderful. I'm going to play you in with a track. Um, by Scroobius Pip from the Detraction Pieces album. It's called Death of a Journalist and listen to it. I think it's pretty fitting and as ever Scroob's generally on the money a little bit before you ought to be on the money. So, without further ado, this is episode number 34 of the Chew the Chat podcast with Chris Glasson. Pages show the in and outrages. He stays against for rages who gets claimed on comments pages. No claim is too outrageous for these constant news updates. Lines are fine to save time. Let's complicate us because the data. Shh. 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 We ingest crime or less stories for our subconsciousness. As time goes by, the internet will kill the printed press. Where's the scroll bar on these ingress pages? I ain't turning this. Don't believe the hype machine. Death of the journalist. <laughs> Don't, don't, don't believe the hype machine, death of the journalist. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype machine, don't believe the hype machine. We provide survival news for Don't believe the hype machine, death of the journalist. To help you overcome any fear of the future. Don't believe the, don't believe the, don't believe the, don't believe the. Friday, April 18th, 1930, BBC Radio News showed a rare maturity. The news reporter said something that these days they wouldn't say. Good evening. 
They didn't feel the need to fill with leads on non-news stories or picked apart and ripped painting fake failures or glories Making moguls into mountains being exaggeratory Financial backers in their ear feeding different allegories Less regard the sickly horse whispered media Less reliable sources than Wikipedia Journalism is dead, resting pieces of trivia The blogger is king, the gossip column is leading you Unless the blogger becomes the journalist, the art form dies They don't have sources anymore, they just have Google fires Referencing other websites as if they're well-sourced Focus on getting their hits up, not winning Pulitzer. Their journalism is lazy in the need to be first. I do more research than some of them when penning the verse. And you know how we are. We just believe it's the truth. We just accept it as news instead of asking for proof. But in a way, the internet makes journalism redundant. Freedom of information despite the attempts of some governments. Man tweets from WikiLeaks, filling the truths of the troublesome. But truths become perspective soon as man discovers them. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype machine, death of the journalist. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype machine, don't believe the hype machine. We provide survival news for don't, don't believe the hype machine, death of the journalist. To help you overcome any fear of the future. Don't believe the, don't believe the, don't believe the, don't believe the. Is this the Musos too? If you got a music block, then someone's probably talking to you. Don't skim intros, listen to each track through. And maybe run a spell check before you post a review. They drop a million band names to get the Google hits. Maybe you heard it here first, and it was in bold italics. Throw enough shit at the wall, and some of it will stick. But make no mistake, you're all still covered in shit. There's obtrusive new remix on the promotion slot. We need exclusive new remixes to service the blogs. Half these online networks are flattery offering. Hand feed them. Let them think it was internally propagated. Your lines are recycled. You have no identity. Your words ain't gifted when they're lifted from my fucking press release. Your opinion's next to nothing. That's all you will amount to. You're so vain you probably don't know this song is about. The problem here is I have a new album to sell. And I've probably burned some bridges in this web wide world. Can I rebuild them? It's too far a distance to tell. And I ain't is embarking dumb Brunel. Ah, see now, I'm gonna have loads of people going like, oh, 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 the the Brunel, that, 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 Take arms and carry bombs. Keep calm and carry on. Take 
stay calm and carry on. Keep calm and carry on. Take arms and carry bombs. Welcome to Chew the Champ Podcast. You're looking smoother now. You're looking much smoother now, Chris. Oh, good. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say it's because I've had a trim up for this time. No, I'm literally looking vagrant at the moment. So how have you been then? What have you been up to and what's what's happening with you? And obviously podcasting, we're going to get into all that, but... Yeah. You know... Uh... I'm good, man. What have I been up to? Since our... Well, i tell you what. Since our last chat, mm. um, I've listened... I've watched a lot of the documentaries you recommended. Oh, cool. So... Um, I've I've just sat there thinking what ones I watch. The ones that come straight to mind are Wild Wild Country and uh, Three Identical Strangers. Yeah. And I'm sure one of them that you told me I'd already watched, but my my brain... That was it, Surfwise. Surfwise. Surfwise is the one I still haven't bloody seen. No, Surfwise I have seen. You have seen, yeah. What are the other two? The other two, you'd seen, obviously, Zeitgeist, because that's a staple staple for anybody. Um, And then we talked about a couple of the the honourable mentions. That One of them was Abducted, the one, which is another Netflix one, where the guy, the next door neighbour kind of takes the little girl and she gets, you know, he tells her she's been impregnated by aliens and all sorts of stuff. Lockdown, lockdown fodder, that that is. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. But thanks for for the recos, um, because... They were really good. Wild, wild country, just sort of like. I thought you'd enjoy that. Yeah, I thought you'd yeah. enjoy that. Knowing what I know from listening to you from your podcast over time, and you know, kind of, yeah. I thought you'd. Yeah, you know, I found that amazing back then in that in that day and age that those people found each other and communicated and got it going like they did. Was I thought it was amazing. Meanwhile, I think me because I watched with my missus, and I think we nearly joined. <laughs> yeah, got the red t-shirt out. And yeah, exactly. And even towards the end, I was kind of like, it was pretty quite. There was quite a lot of strong, good ideas of that. But it's quite funny that. Um, and for people who don't know uh, Wild Wild Country, go and watch it. But it's effectively about, without saying much, it's about um, a, a, a chap, a guru, an Indian guru called Rajneesh, who That's sets it. up a commune. He's very successful in India, but they decide to basically buy some territory in in america and set up this this whole commune that and the neighbors aren't too uh happy about it mm. it's it is so brilliant because mm. i you can see how i think errors were made but it was a, i think they did pretty good i think they made some mistakes in how they set that commune up like in communicating with their neighbors for starters and then sort of like the old the angel the old the age old absolute power corrupts absolutely started to come in a little bit with some of the people who were um first among equals, let's say. Yes. And were sort of like take, taking advantage of, of their situation. it's absolutely fascinating. She, Sheila. Like, Sheila was some some beast, didn't she? <laughs> she is. And well, what charisma. Yeah. And 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 I I truly believe that she, she believes everything that she's saying. Mm. And I I kind of understand a lot of her motives, not all, mm. but 
yeah, it's fucking such a good. I think that that, that um, point you make there, Chris, is what and that's what I always find fascinating is that the idea. My wife's often saying to me at the minute, she's like, she probably had the same vibe as, as you and your girlfriend. There, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there must be a way when we're sort of digging into the getting up to speed with where we are in the world at the moment. I've got three young kids. The way things are going in schools are kind of, you know so difficult for us to digest what's happening with our children you know what they're being taught at five years old yeah. and my wife said to me there must be a way we can we just need to start our own commune we need to start and i'm like yeah but the thing is it'll go two one or two ways you know we'll just get crushed by the government you can't do it in this country because you can't get the land you can't you just got to live by the rules or else they'll find you and if we do pull it off somewhere it's just going to yeah. turn into a crazy sex cult <laughs> that's it <laughs> it always ends up in a sex cult. I know there's there's not many guys who would find themselves at the top of that, not turning it into a sex cult. Yeah. And I think that I, I think that that says a lot about human nature. We're very angry at the nature of humans. Yeah. Um. And yet, I think people absolutely forget that they are one, mm. and that you know, I think we all like to think that we are these creepy pieces of shit but I, I i suspect you know many of us many many of us would go that way and you'd be a bit like sheila you blind you blind yourself to it yeah because your ego is quite happy doesn't want to change it it's beneficial to you so it becomes you, religious you almost doesn't it it becomes yeah, religious completely. absolutely man i mean me and pip weirdly me and pip wrote a script about 18 months ago we really liked it and um it's for a series we planned out the whole thing and later on, after like into like season two and a half onwards, we started coming up with different uh, like ways that people could um, so politically align. And we were saying it was more people's uh, alignments isn't by countries, by ideology. Mm. And the wars started breaking out as a result of that. And we found that really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do that, mate. I really would. But I definitely, you, you see wild, wild country and you're thinking, ah, mate, maybe starting a commune is just going to end up with me on some sort of like in the docks going, <laughs> I was in an impossible situation, Your Honour. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> well, you know, it, we are at a strange time, aren't we? And that idea, you know, I think people are sat in front of their televisions after their day at work or maybe another day in the house, mm. you know, and people are thinking, you know, like, where is where is this going? What is the future going to look like? Because if it does go down the route that, for instance, a BBC or a Sky News are kind of having you believe, then you're getting sort of subconsciously, subliminally, you're prepping for like, you know, to be going down that road and other people yeah, are trying to find definitely. alternative routes and it's a really confusing time and it's going to, yeah. um, it's really, it's a time where we are going to have to sort of look at ourselves with a little bit more introspection and, and a little bit more thought about where we are heading individually and collectively. Where, what do you think? What do you, how do you feel? Um, I'd say that there's a lot of uh, agendas at the moment and, and actually not all of them aren't because people aren't trying in people's best interests and some, obviously won't be even if they're masked as that and you know what sam the weird thing was is i really like i think after about eight weeks and then we had the black um you know the the issues that um and the black lives matter obviously supporting what had happened to um george out, out in america i'm probably saying george and masculine his name as you know i confuse conflate mm. everyone's name completely but um I started to see just so much conjecture and opinions and shouting at each other. I I just kind of, 
I had a lot of things, people that I had to be personally responsible for who were quite vulnerable. And I was kind of like, I'm going to use some of this time to, to self-grow and develop. And I have with my beard. I've just let it go. But actually, <laughs> I, I I turned on to uh, doing lots more reading and re-educating myself and exercise. And I just wanted to do that for a while while, you know, things started to be a bit clearer mm. and, you know, it's a really tough time, man. That's a really you know, wise, wise way of spending that time, though. I've tried to do the same as well, you know, mm. re, re, reconnecting with some knowledge, with some understanding, seeking a bit of knowledge, seeking some wider perspective of your own, and mm. certainly keeping your body moving, keeping that, keeping that energy and trying to keep health in check. Yeah, I think you need to, look, you know, physical health does assist with mental health. Does, oh, does, massively. massively. Deep, deep connections to that. Um, I think I probably, I think I'm going to need to start peeking my head out of the parapet again. I mean, again, even things like the US elections and, you know, it's an important time. And, you know, I think there's, you can completely dial out of it, but I think you, there's there's something to be, be said for balance and responsibility. And I mm. do think in terms of politically, I think there's only too long I could uh, show a degree of apathy. Um, for a period, for my own sanity, but also you get you get the the the, the rulers that you deserve, not you not that you need. Yeah. And I think mo- lot, lots of our failings in this country is that enough of us don't make an effort to under really understand as much as you can the the, the workings and the the agendas of, of of the people who run our country, whether that that be in government or you know through business. So. Mm. No, I'm the yeah, same. I've, pop, I've, I've just popped my head up. You know, I've been sort of blissfully, if I can use that term, but I guess I guess I can because of me, my wife, my my kids. We've been we've managed because of the circumstances that we live in anyway to stay reasonably close to what it is we normally do, you know. Um, and I've the last couple of weeks, a couple of things happening in the personal life anyway with business and things and podcasts mm. growing and things happening where things are busy and they get on top. I injured my back, so phys- physically I was like, you know, a bit immobile. Right. And then I started to look in. I thought, right, like yourself, I thought, right, I better dip my head in and actually catch up with what's being said out there because you hear bits of hearsay and I'm, I'm trying to keep distance with social media as much as I can. So I went online and just did my own bit of digging again. Um and yeah, I struggled with it a little bit, to be honest, Chris. You know, reading both sides of the of the yeah. you know, and kind of trying to find whatever that that harmonious truth is to me, you know, really difficult because um yeah, the whole kind of it, it feels like all politics and everything at the moment. It, you, 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 it's almost as if you just have to be hard left, hard right. You, you just can't be like, hang on a minute, no, there's some truth in what's happening, but there's also mm. some agendas that are, are happening underneath things that we need to pay attention mm. to. So I, it's got me a little bit down, actually. Oh, mate, I, I, I really, I, I see that. Sorry about the back stuff. Um, firstly, no, you know, thank that you. No, that sucks. But um, so, so a lot of this is what's stemmed, uh, stern my personal learning again because I kind of was getting a bit. I guess kind of my background in, 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 in some parts of my work I've done has always been about uh, dispute resolution and understanding how to be absolutely neutral, regardless of my background or persuasions, being able to see things just from both sides. And 
and I'd, I'd sit there and I was watching a bit, getting a bit stuck into social media towards the start of the COVID thing. And I just realised how sh- like how crazy everyone was with their arguments. And and what I kind of thought was, I think what there's a fundamental lack of, and, and I don't really see anyone's immediate thought, is how we're brought up, but we don't really know how to think clearly or concisely. Because uh, thinking's a very complicated thing, but it's a skill that can be learned. And so that's what I've gone on to be teaching myself. And, and it's been incredible to see like and understand how... Um, um, like old new thinking came about, like what, what we use as thinking mostly across the world now, especially in the West, is all based on stuff that the the three main philosophers like Aristotle and Socrates and Plato brought about. Mm. They brought it about, then they went into the dark ages of Rome. It all got lost. And then after that, it all started came, coming up. And what I found was a massive part of their line of thinking was all about argument. But there's loads of problems with argument because when you engage in argument, you put yourself on one side immediately and then your ego attaches with it. And then there's the idea of loss or losing. And that's why you see half the time. I do it myself sometimes. Mm. I'm, I'm, I find myself getting pulled into an argument and I'm almost. I might be saying things and maybe I'm stretching myself a little too far because I don't want to. I, I want to ram my point home. Yeah. And it's like it's not productive. Mm. And when you talk about left and right, we're always doing this binary sort of thinking and, and, and it's there's always sides. And people push themselves into tribes and they won't talk around whatever the issue is they have with the other side. <clears throat> I watched it um I watched a YouTube debate not that long ago and it was it was I hadn't watched one in honestly probably about eighteen months and it was typical right left arguments um about um effect really uh, healthcare and a socialist and, and, and more free market beliefs. And and one of these people was trying to raise the point that uh, the other guy was really smart, but sometimes he quotes facts and figures and there's a counter to it that he already, the guy who quoted the facts and figures didn't bother to disclose it. So they're not being intellectually honest because they just wanted to win the argument. Yep. And this other person who was the, having to be on the sort of like socialist side of things was trying to say, look, um, if you knew that other information, why he did, he couldn't articulate why the other guy wouldn't do that. He was trying to say, look, why are we arguing? Aren't we trying to come to the solution of ensuring that people get healthcare in the most effective way? So, but the other guy said, and all the other debate team said, why would he put forward your arguments? Why would he argue your point for you? And I think that the perfect example is we we're obsessed with arguing and winning arguments. And that was at the highest level. There was thousands of people at this debate. And yet they still are stuck in argument mode. And that's just one thing. I won't keep going on about it. But that's one thing I've, I've, I've started to unlearn about how I use my brain. Mm. And when I should be using my emotions to drive my behaviours. Or be aware of what my emotions are telling me. But being able to separate them from... Well, you know, sometimes thinking lucidly about a situation and clearly about a situation. I think it's fantastic, man. So that's that's what I took from it, mate. That's why I had to take a step away because I just figured I don't even know if I'm if I if I've got anything worth contributing here. So I'm going to go and teach myself how to think a bit bit better. I I, I feel that absolutely wholeheartedly, and that's how I started to feel about social media. You know, I started to kind of see that pattern in social media because I was really quite vocal you know and as we kind of alluded to a little bit on my when I did 
Chris, I need to fucking introduce you. I came on your podcast, I was about to say. So, Chris Glasson, <laughs> a.k.a. the Gold Touch. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a super fan of your podcast, Hardcore uh-huh. Listing. Um, I've been a big fan since day one, since I first came across you on Scroobius Pip, the Scroobius Pips Distraction Pieces podcast back in, what, 2015 or something like that? I think you first yeah, was on no, there. Must be. Must be. Um, so, Firstly, thank you for your time. We've been straight in on the chat, but I'll drop. I'll obviously introduce introduce you on the introduction anyway. Um, but no, when I when I came on Hardcore Listen, I did my top five, and we I did the documentaries, and one of which was Zeitgeist, which was obviously yeah. a film in for, I think two six to two thousand seven somewhere like that, which yeah. we, which lifted the lid for a lot of people on there might be other sort of narratives to consider, other than the ones we're sort of you know brought through through the mainstream culture. And I started to notice around the time of watching that, maybe a little bit after, in social media, that I was guilty of it because I became somebody who was um, sort of getting my point across in a Facebook feed. Yeah. You know, and getting 10, 20 comments in and feeling the heat a little bit, feeling the like, oh, you know, out of the four guys that have got this far, he's really intelligent and he's got some actually some salient points. But... You know, I'm passionate about, you know, and then you get the anxiety and he's sent, you know, and you're checking your phone and the missus is like, are you watching this? And I'm like, hang on, hang on. You know, and then <laughs> I started to be able to like sort of zoom out of myself and what yeah. see myself doing that and then recognising the pattern and thinking, hang on a minute, everybody here has just got their fucking flag in the ground and they're just fucking standing by their own and we're not here to actually come to resolution. It's to win. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's it's to win, and it's oh, such a good point. I think that I think there's so many problems that we've got at the moment that clarity of thinking would do us all a fucking favour, mm. and and we don't need any more technology for that. We don't need the government to do that for us. What we need to do is we can just do that ourselves. Because if we're like that, there's less bullshit that these other people can push past us, and you'll fall for less bullshit as a result of it. Um, it's like to solve some of the issues that we've got in this day and age, you, I don't think the solution is that issue. I think if we can get better at other issues, it makes those things disappear. But they, they'll no longer be arguments. And I think having clarity of thought and thinking better and mm. talking around situations and, and subjects, actually providing thinking of possible solutions and possibilities as crazy as they seem, it has always proven throughout time to be how we've invented shit, mm. either by luck or by going, what if? And there's so many things that we constantly debate over uh, in this day and age where it's hard to find what the root cause is sometimes. And even if you do find it, you can't stop that call, that root cause sometimes. Um, and actually, really, instead of looking at that, look at, and, and blaming and blaming each other and thinking that you're not capable of whatever that other party is doing, because often you end up doing the same, is look at look, work together to go look to, to find a possible solution that both everyone sort of agrees on. Um, I think we always talk about multiculturalism as in a society. And I heard, I can't remember who said this. I think it was uh, Majid Nawaz, who's, who used to be on LBC. I don't know if he still is. It's got an interesting, nice story, that chat. Mm. But he said, oh, omniculturalism is, is an interesting concept. Think of the things that we all share. Because most of the time, when you look at any any ways we debate or argue, a lot of the time, we're all trying to get normally the same thing, which is 
um, freedom and free from suffering from people, you know, and people to get have a better quality of life. We just had vastly different opinions on how people should be treated. And yeah, yeah. so I think, yeah. Anyway, no, I'm with you. I and could go on about that for ages. Well, you know, we're podcasting, but I, 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 I coming back to that pattern that you you pointed. Like I, I sort of that was however many years ago when I started to recognise my own input yeah. into the into the yeah. fucking I call it the void, the digital void, where yeah. everybody gets home from their kind of most of us are doing jobs that we're not in love with you know we've had a long day we've had a bit of road rage we're late we're hungry you know we get online and we get into it about boris or whatever it is you know we make our point and there's a couple of there's a couple of people that are always there you know he's always there with his point you know and everybody's little digital facebook world or whatever it is it's got its own little kind of tailored you know vibe to you with it you know and i can remember thinking man no i'm this is all wrong and it I'm contributing to it. So here's me trying to make, I'm, I was kind of trying to make the point that you, you're saying, which is like, shouldn't we all be trying to find a resolution here? And actually there's a point to what you're saying. And there's a point to what he's saying. That's my point. And then I realized that I'm just making a fucking point and everybody's making points and nobody really cares. So the, what is the answer? The answer is come away. For me, it was like, come away from this, you know, just live yeah, my life. Definitely. The points I'm trying to make actually physically try and live them in my in my life yeah, you know be more compassionate and try and be more open and honest and and not have to tell everybody everything i i just did this i just did kettlebells i just i just you know like just let it be and where we are today i feel like when i'm looking at social media now and i'm looking at the issues we're faced with at the moment the whole censorship thing that's happening the me too thing that's sort of yeah you know that was bubbling for the last couple of years People are scared to death to say anything. You know, yeah. we're offending everybody. The, the, it, it's yeah. like, I just feel like our little, our little hard drives in, you know, in our cortex, our little prefrontal cortex that's got to process all of this madness can only cope with, it's not supposed to cope with. It's not supposed to. All of this data, all of these information, all these ideas and this carnage in, over in that country and these, and this these amazing people with amazing bodies are, you know, like we can't, we haven't got the space. No. Are you aware of Dunbar's number? Is this how many people you're supposed to know? Yeah. Or you can potentially uh, keep in your uh, exactly. recollection? Yeah. So sort of between 100 to 150. Uh, exactly. And, and, and from and I, there, that's like, that's, that's your ability to compassionately, empathetically and be understood and, and not be with fear or any kind of anxiety about the faces, the people, the con- connections, the communications you're having. After that, you know, anthropology says that groups and tribes yeah. split up and they're just, that was it. Yeah. It's, it, it makes, all of that makes sense anyway. And it makes sense to keep things on a smaller level anyway for, because groups can be managed more effectively smallly because they know what's best for them. Mm. And that's the problem with big government is that, you, it doesn't allow for autonomy or differences in from town to town, person to person. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. The brain frazzles out on it. And I make no fucking effort with it, Sam, mm. as well. Like, I, I, I don't any longer. Like, And I'm much happier for it. So have you stepped much away? Happier. Have you stepped away from social media other than nothing to do well, your bits really for, like, your, for other your work? Than, other, than, other, than, other than business, baby, it is mm. all business. Yeah. Uh, there is not like my girlfriend's kind of the opposite yeah and she'll be like oh, for fuck's sake i've got to get away from it and it's not like i haven't been there mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i've done it we both you know mm-hmm. as you've just said yeah. we, we've all done it 
but it's, there's absolutely no value to it at all. Mm. It is useful. You can get information. You can get inspiration. We're looking at buying a place, looking at how to decorate it. Hopefully more exciting than this spare room that I'm in at the moment. I'm looking at yours. I'm thinking you're you're doing brilliant. I mean, this this is a specifically designed space for this. You know, you're you're doing you know wonderful things where you are. So there's no drama there. (laughs) Um, But it's a yeah. I just think that it's it's not necessary. I I don't know. I just I, I just that that I'm not saying. I don't. I think freedom's about doing what you want to do. I ain't saying anyone else has to do anything mm. they want to do. I'd say listen to the pearl of great price that's inside of you, telling you what you like and what you enjoy, and don't let any of this other shit drown your that that thought and feeling out and that activity out. Mm. Just 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 do that, and uh, and and if that activity is you really do like social media and you don't get creeping paranoia or you know all this other shit like not paranoia anxiety or confusion over all these what people are arguing about then it, then fine use it if not like me step away and have you ever looked back at your points like, oh, like go back three years fucking and hell, Chris. Oh, i have you know and i'm at a point now i like to think anyway and i feel like it uh, you know i try and be as honest and brutal with myself mm. as i possibly can mm. yeah and if i was to open up an old facebook account and log in and go to it right then yeah my toe my toes would curl up over me fucking head you know but i look at it and i go okay i can rationally look at this because i can look at the stages the chapters of my life yeah you know and whether or not i think i had a good intention or whether i was just a jumped up squirt who thought he knew best you know it's in my (laughs) it's in my personality to be loud and i've I've been in bands since i was a kid i'm doing this podcast now i obviously want to be heard you know but i can look at stuff now and i can go yeah i was 23 years old and i just watched whatever i'd watched you know zeitgeist or i just read you know and i had a point to make and i said but i I look at that now and i think well did i learn did i learn because if i'm still in that pattern if i'm still kind of making those kinds of um assertions and so on then maybe i need to have another word but no that's that's really interesting man because if you like this is a strange thing this is quite paradoxical but if you look back and you were like yep stand by that stand by that are you growing? Mm. And then does that mean that you had it sussed at 23? But I, I think people, and, and myself and my own actions and behaviours, many of them are disgusting. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, do, I do kind of forgive myself for them because um, it's not like I go around like murdering, killing stray animals and like, oh, well, I'm a human. Yeah. Some of us go wrong. Yeah. I don't, I'm not like that. I, you know, I, I always hold myself accountable. I think that's really important to do that and not turn away from mm-hmm. the dumb shit I've done. But I'm also capable of genuinely forgiving myself for it. I get that. I, don't think... I get that from you. Yeah. Even when I, you're, I even when you're think... joking and telling the Craig stories yeah. and stuff like that, which are, you know, they're <laughs> anecdotal, not to say, you know, allegedly that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, not me, obviously. But, um, no, I think that's a great little vessel the way you do that because we've all got a Craig. We've all got that version of us when we were at uni, when we were younger, you know, when we'd done things that maybe today that we could go, oh, maybe that was a bit crackers. But I think you've nailed it. When you are young, I think if you're underneath all of that, if your intention and if your moral compass is always somewhere towards the good you know those crazy things we do and the drunken madness and the you know that all falls in line in the end if Mm. because the goodwill's out doesn't it you know but if i think if you are kidding yourself and making your excuses and kind of justifying things and you you're a bit of a victim and the world's pushed me this way anyway then it's a whole different ball game yeah you know completely dude 
I used to I, I used to manage teams. I don't really bother now, and as a result, but I don't care. I'm a better manager these days than I ever was. But I I I, I learned so many of these things by watching my staff, and I learned lessons myself, hard lessons about human beings as well, and that sometimes doing everything for them and listening to everything they said, I was breeding selfishness in my teammate members. They were lazier. And um, and they were unhappy. They were less happy than when I was more down the line with them. And I'm not saying being, you know, a, a tyrant in the office, but also the thing I used to find with people is that, like, self development. There's people who are all always wanting to say, "Well, no, that didn't happen because of that, or that wasn't my fault because of that." Mm. I think I'm lucky enough that my dad has always said, like, and I've gone to my dad in some real messes in the past and been like, "Oh, dad, this has happened." And my dad would, my, my dad literally would always go, so how much of that is your fault? Um, and I'd be like, fuck it. I used to get annoyed at him when he used to say it to me. And then I kind of started understanding that half the time I was getting worked up and angry, blamestorming everyone else, finger pointing. And actually, if I really, really think about it and look deeply at myself and quietly and take the ego away, it was my problem. I did something. And, you know, so maybe I should calm down. And also, once you realise that, you can learn to forgive yourself. And then your attitude changes as well. Yeah. You don't act like... Uh, yeah. And then you don't... Everything. Yeah. And you don't end up in that situation so much. And yeah, I think yeah, you've absolutely. you've absolutely nailed it there because that's something I do. I've, I've found myself practice, practicing and preaching to my kids, which oh, is... Yeah, wow. Which is... Be brutally honest with yourself because we do manifest those situations i just sort of alluded to it when i'm on my facebook you know get rid of this that and the other finding myself you know going back and forth and realizing oh yeah but i'm i'm pushing you know i'm pushing people's backs here because i'm trying to express a point and i'm getting aggro about it and i'm not articulate about it and i'm trying to i'm right and you're wrong and you need to you know and you don't realize the nuance of people's lives perspectives but for me to actually look at myself and realise that that was what I was doing and not just say, yeah, well, everybody's reading the sun and so fuck them, you know, like, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. No, like, actually, what am I doing? How am I doing this? How am I communicating it? Like, actually, yeah. You know, and even silly little things, you know, getting parking tickets, a little slew of getting parking tickets one year. I got like six oh, parking mate, tickets. Ah, it's fucking, why, why are they all, you know, you can't park anywhere and, you know, you know and realise, well, actually, you know, whether or not I like the rules, they are the rules and, you know, if I don't want yeah. this stress, just just park oh, somewhere man. officially and safely and soundly, you know. But looking looking agree. at yourself, that's the that is the trick. Just and then you you set yourself free. I believe that. Oh, it's such a, it's so true. Like the worst things you did, be honest with yourself, yeah, and accept them. Mm. And then once you've done that, the first person human beings can normally forgive is themselves. I'm not trying to sit here saying this is a selfish thing. This is a self defense thing. When you look at anthropology, yep. it's the same reason why we get over deaths and sh- and tragedy, mm. right? We have to, which you drive your fucking self mad. So there's a, there's an inherent behaviour you've got to forgive yourself in your own blood first and foremost. You can forgive anyone, or forget forgiving, as Pip once said, which is a fucking really good point, like mm-hmm. because we're all gonna do shit. So let's just stop worrying about pointing the finger at everyone. Yeah, I like um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 just a note when you said about your kids, like, I, I love having a little Insta stalker you, Sam. Like, with you and, like, the things, like, when you guys are doing stuff for your kids, I'm like, if I, if I have kids, if I'm lucky enough to do that, I definitely hope I, you know, 
and so engaged with them. Oh, I, see, uh, thank I you. see you do, mate. It's always a, it's always a good laugh seeing what you guys oh, are getting. Oh, that's to. really nice, and um, that's really my that's really my um, my life's goal now. You know, it's like having been, you know, my Craig was pretty fucking wild as well. You know, <laughs> and um, I've had a couple of my old friends sit opposite me in the studio to do a podcast, and they're like I've literally not seen him for 15 20 years mm. and they were like whoa what's happened here like you are a different guy <laughs> you're the same but you're different you know and they look at a couple of books on the shelf behind me and they go all oh, right okay and I said yeah you know I kind of just decided to look at myself you know and think actually you know a little bit aggro a little bit bossy a little bit in <laughs> in my own way you know um and then sort of worked on that that takes a long time you work on it you work on it you work on it and then your kids come along and then this crazy thing happens or it happened to me where wow you know like I'm getting a second chance in a weird way do you know what I mean by that it's almost yeah. like because the the feeling and the, the responsibility and the connection and the bond is for me was such that it was like right I've got to get get things right for these guys you know I've got to I know enough from what I have read that, yeah. you know, environment is paramount, you know, the environment you create viscerally, you know, physically, mentally, everything is, is really important. And um, as the years are ticking by, my oldest will be seven in, you know, a few months, four months. It's gone like that. I've just realised that my my most gifted thing now is, is those moments is like when we get to go off camping, which has been, I've talked about it a lot on this podcast. Mm. We found wild camping. We did conventional camping a lot, but then we found wild camping, sort of stripped it down, stick it in a bag, yeah. head off somewhere beautiful and oh, see where we end up. Yeah. Amazing. And the kids have really taken to it. And I mean, like they're hiking. You, through. Did, you did just, just for anyone who hasn't listened to you, but you, you used to have five kids, right? But you've lost two. Yeah. Since yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Yeah. But they, we, I reckon they'll come back. We'll come across them. They'll, they'll be, they'll be, <laughs> they're out there. They've got a bit of kit. They'll survive. But no, they, they, they love it. And seeing them, especially now, considering what we've just talked about, because we didn't touch on what social media is doing to kids, doing to young people, doing to the remapping of their brains, their communication, how they perceive each other themselves. So seeing my kids at a young age out there um, has been amazing. And it's feeding me. It's feeding me. It literally is. So I, that's really nice that you say that um, because oh, man, 100%. That, that is the thing for me. And, um, you know, I'd love, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to um, see how it happens in the end as they get older. You know, you don't wish any time away, but how the patterns do work out for them and what it is they do value. We've had the questions at the minute. The oldest is like, daddy, daddy. Um, I want a Nintendo Switch. Can I get a Nintendo Switch? And I was like, well, yes. They've got a Mega Drive. They've got an old school Mega Drive that we got from eBay, literally. Amazing. And it's got California games and everything. Oh, we've been playing California (laughs) games. It's amazing. Because my wife and I were trying to kind of bridge that gap, you know, where they don't get left behind at school because we can't create, we talked at the start of this podcast, you can't create utopia, you know. We have got to move in this world. We've just got to try and sculpt ourselves as as best we can to our values and to you know what we deem important i guess so we bridge the gap with a mega drive and we have like a, an hour on a sunday or whenever it is street fighter 2 and all that stuff and i love it but he came home the other day and wanted his nintendo switch and i said okay mm-hmm. and so i didn't want to hear myself saying no and t- trying to tell him yeah. all these things i just said okay yeah. well i'll tell you what you're a big enough boy now that you could do some 
you could do some jobs for dad. You know, how about like, what about washing the car? Or you could, you could help me in the studio. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I can pay your pocket money and you can, you can save it up. And he's like, okay, yeah, what can I do for you, Dad? I said, well, you know, and I had him in here cleaning bits and bobs. And then he said, I said, how much is the switch? He said, I'll ask Mummy, Daddy. Anyway, £400, right? I said, right, okay. (laughs) It's going to be working for 10 years. I said, you can have one. (laughs) But I didn't say no. Yeah. You know, and I've tried to use it as like a as a vessel to to for him to understand that whatever the thing is, a switch or whatever, yeah, you you want to do the work. I'll, you if you want to do ten jobs this week, you'll get paid ten times. Yeah, and then it's up to That's you. So you want to get one, so yeah, I'm. I'm... It's behaviour training, right? And and I think that I was kind of like as a kid, I was relatively spoiled. I would say like I was not a lonely child, but my brother was eighteen years older than me. And mum and dad didn't were trying for me for ages, didn't didn't think it was gonna happen, and I just showed up. Um and I think I was relatively spoiled. I didn't want for anything. I'm not saying that um I was any any effort of my dad not to. My dad instilled great values in my fit me, I feel, but I think my mum probably spoiled me a little more. But actually now, like well, certainly from like twenty-five, I was like Oh, I've really got to pull my finger out on these things because I know I'm doing things that aren't very positive behaviours and I expect things. And I think that, you know, those sort of behaviours, like instilling into your kids really early that if you work for something, it's worth it instead of you being given something, it can only make them understand, drive and have a better willpower. And I think that's something we never, we don't teach these things really in school. You know, they spend so I'm not saying I'm not trying to shit all over the school system completely. Um, we need they need to understand fundamentals. Oh, we, you're so then, right. Yeah. You're but so then we, right. we start going, we start go, like we go down roads and looking at things that is understanding what an oxbow lake is more important than understanding how to suppress ineffective behaviors in yourself. Mm. Simple things, right? Let's look at nose picking. Right, it's a simple young thing that kids will do because they just get into the habit of it. But there's loads of stuff that adults end up when they get older going having to look at why the fuck am I still doing this? Why am I still sucking my thumb? Why am I why do I always do this? Why am I personally a compulsive masturbator? <laughs> if I'd known more about this, if I was taught more about willpower and I, and how about to delay satisfaction and gratification, and I'm not just talking about touching yourself, no, no. being the most most obvious, acute yeah. instance of that. If you if they taught kids that, you'd have a much better behaved society. Just on that alone, without telling people about crime, and you know, saying if you do something bad, you'll go there. If you teach people behaviour like you know these sort of values and willpower, and knowing when to listen to your emotions and when not to act on them, and at a younger age, you, you, like I said earlier, the the solution might not be trying to deal with telling adults not to steal something, mm. and it might not be about. Um, I, I I actually don't believe what I'm about to say here, so I'm just shooting from here. It might not always be about h- how the economy is running, whether or not that's if it's too free market or not. So you know, I do think that we're missing some big tricks at, at school. Oh, uh, so yeah. it's nice to hear you doing that, man. Really no, absolutely, cool. and that's another thing that my wife and I talk about often. Is like sometimes, for instance, they'll bring, and again, I'm not shitting on the schools here, but like mm. we are living in 2020, and we are operating on a lot of 
pretty rigid structure that was put in the ground a long time ago, you know? So they came home and they were like, you know, talking about healthy food. Now we're quite conscious about healthy food in the house. You know, we're not eating seeds all day long, you know, we're pizza night and all that, but we are conscious of like trying to minimize processed foods, (laughs) you know, and we're trying to eat things that have lived, you know, in the ground and on trees and, Mm. and, and so aware of what that does to your mental health, your physical health, you know, how you sleep and, just to be in some kind of harmony with your mental health, like to have yeah, a healthy yeah, body, health, yeah. healthy nutrients is really rich. So the kids are aware of that. They came home from school one day and they had the, they'd done something on school and they're five and four, four or five at the time. So it's only very, very early stuff, but it was the food chart and it was still the five a day thing, you know, and brown yeah. bread is healthy and, and all these things. And we were, they were a bit confused because they were like, it, but this isn't healthy, mummy. But they're being taught at the school it is. And to your point, I'm making is I do feel like some fundamental, fundamental human learning has to happen. Like not just whether the five a day is right or, or what, but like how important it is that you have a healthy um, body, a healthy body. You know, healthy body means a healthy mindset essentially if you've got good nutrients in your body healthy food you know minerals nutrients it your whole being works more efficiently and if you're it turns on yes which is on bro you can't put i think the best uh, analogy um when I, I i used to read about this best analogy i once saw and sorry to uh, no not at there, all man. not at all um, you can't put diesel in a petrol engine yes simple as that so like the, all these pr- the sweet food and how Western could, everything into consumer culture is to, aimed towards your lower, weaker emotions, your base emotions, hunger, whatever. Mm. Um, and so everything's sweet or uh, salty um, for a variety of reasons that just make you buy it to eat it. There's fuck all, there's no interest in your health in any of that. Mm. And hence, but they advertise it to the point of, Full of vitamin C. Full of vitamin C and full of B12. You can buy a bowl, you can buy a box of cocoa pops. And it's literally telling your children. This is what this is just digress quickly. But this is what I find difficult when I have popped my head into the current climate and you know, people are getting pulled off YouTube or off because they're not following the World Health Organization's guidelines. I'm thinking, well, hang on a minute. You guys have 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 okayed right in on children's cereal boxes that this is full of fucking healthy gear. So how is that possible? How is that possible? Because that's something that you touch on there, Chris, that I'm bemused by is like you buy foods, as you've just said, that I already know in my heart that is like, that's been sweetened. It's been colored. It's been, it's had preservatives put in it so it can travel better, last longer, live longer. You know, it's more robust and you're going to, and you want it, want it, want it. Yeah, of course. But we are selling it to children. You know, you can, you can. I stand in the co-op, and just where I end up studying in, in my local co-op, I'm right next to the pop aisle. You know, all the pop drinks. You know, like I'm yeah. looking at the coke, and it's zero sugar, no sugar, and I'm like, how is that legal? <laughs> how is that legal? Because it's not the actual word sugar. It's one of the three hundred, you know, proxy <laughs> words. You know, fructose or or aspartame yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. How is that legal? Yeah. You know. And yeah. bringing it's it to nice. kids, like we're t- we, you know, kids are like, oh, daddy, can we have these? You know, and they know enough to say, oh, that's vitamin C, vitamin C, daddy. Yeah, I'm like, well, no, but it isn't, though, darling. Yeah, but it says it. That's really confusing. It's massively confusing, and and I guess there's 
Oh, there's so many ang- ways you can go with that like conversation. It's it, mm. it's mind boggling. Mm. Um, I guess in terms of the diet for yourself, and you mentioned anthropology and stuff earlier. What I try to do is look at what were we doing ten thousand years ago. What were we eating? Because our bodies, it took a long time for us get to get to where we are now with our bodies. Because we started as a single cell organism, it takes a long time, and so our bodies are still used to a lot of that other stuff. I'm not saying completely paleo, mm-hmm. paleo diets and stuff like that, because there's criticisms of that where they say not everyone always agrees on what we were eating that far back. Mm-hmm. But look, if it's our bodies certainly just want to eat something raw and fresh. Have you seen that uh, documentary, The Game Changers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they're talking about B12, it's like, you know, a lot of the time they're saying, oh, you can only get it in meat. Then they're saying you can get it in vegetables. Confusing. And now they're actually saying, now they're saying, actually, we think it was a lot of the time off the soil that you were eating when you were scrabbling around and yeah. chewing on a bloody leak. Yeah. So, but I do think a lot of what The Game Changers is definitely, I, I think I'm sort of gearing myself up to do is become vegetarian and, uh, and are you really yeah you're going gonna go for it and, um just personally be- i think so i think so i think what's interesting and maybe that appealed to my selfish nature in the game changers and i was saying this to molly is that it's it is definitely a um a what's in it for me way of talking about vegetarian vegetarianism it yeah. isn't it does t- t- it does talk about the environment in it but I think it does a really good job of uh, putting a case forward for why really these myths of eating meat are good, uh, are just definitely the, the way you can get your protein are bullshit. And they are, they, they generally are. So I think that from a selfish perspective, and I've had this guilt for probably about three or four years now, where I've managed to be a vegetarian and indeed vegan for periods, but not I've not been able to quite sustain get it over the line yeah. and sustain it so yeah. I, I think I've, I've i've flirted with it enough now to um so what do you, you know, what do you think you, you talk of paleo you talk of so what mm. how do you see it then when we do sort of invent fire and we start to when we start cooking meat as opposed to having things raw and we release all of these different um and much more nutritious dense versions of the meats and stuff how do you feel in terms of looking at history do we get here and arrive here as we are now today without meat if we didn't eat the meat along the way no i don't think so that's what always confuses me with it yeah yeah because isn't there a study but again one of many in these it's induction everything we know everything we think is true until we prove it wrong yes and there's so many things in life we can't actually ever prove wrong um, or prove one way or another. That's why I try not to waste too much time arguing about them. But I mean, I did read that you know when we started cooking meat and having that, we there, there's a like a, there's some evidence to support that you know we started getting a bit smarter at that point. Mm. We were we were becoming more we we sort of leveled up from being like this like simple ape to what we are now. So I think maybe. Um, Maybe not. In mm. actual fact, probably, yeah, mm. probably definitely not. That's mm. a terrible sentence. Mm. Um, but also, I think it's then just about like, like what we are, like, our, we, our individual organisms inside ourselves don't understand what the collective is doing. And I think, I don't think my body actually knows there's another 5 billion people on the planet now. Yes. So there is a degree of, oh, if we want to try and 
keep some sort of healthy balance with the uh, the planet, we we might have to change things that we've inherently been doing and has been successful for us in the past. Mm. Um, so yeah, I can't say that we wouldn't be here. That I, I, I wouldn't be like that. And actually, it comes back to how we were talking about how we think in you know at the start of this conversation is like you don't go. I, I don't want to ever nail my colours to a flag. Yeah. Just for the sakes of potentially supporting or not sounding like I contradict myself, because mm. life is absolutely so often contradictory or appears contradictory until you break into the devil with that. So yeah, mm. I, don't, I think it's a really good question though, Sam. Would we be here? Yeah, I, that, that's where I always sort of think, you know, and and I I also think on the on the more sort of that's sort of reflecting looking back, and then when I think where we are today, I often think a lot of the um, the kind of again that tribalism that's happened between vegans and meat eaters and you've you've got the carniv the carnivore diet now as well oh, haven't yeah, you which yeah, people yeah. are doing which has um, what was it um I think of most famously Jordan Peterson Jordan Peterson yeah on it. yeah and him himself and, and, as well and I think it oh, it, it helped him with a load of autoimmune right. issues and so on and so forth but what I find when I look at the the whole vegan meat, which one these days, I think a lot of it feels like a lot of it's fueled by because we live in cities and because of factory farming and because of the way that the mass produced nature yeah, of things completely. has completely reshaped how we do it because we want to live in these big grey, smoky hot spots, don't we? Yeah. And the food that we eat when you live in the in the hot spot doesn't come from the hot spot. It's not grazing right. out on the field and you know, the local guy that's in the village who sells you your meat who rears the meat and you know quarters the meat and sells you the meat that's gone you know you've got you've got cattle in a line getting hormoned and steroided up to suit like like that like those cheeky cheeky cereal people putting the preservative you know they're shaping it you know the whole thing yeah. the whole process literally process is shaped so i think a lot of the vegan i get that at the moment you know in, in our modern time of like it's inhumane it feels like but on the flip side of that, there's a lot of us and we all want to eat food and it just it, it, you just go in the supermarket and it's neatly packaged in a lovely little tray and it's got, you know, and you, yeah. you're totally disconnected from how it got there. So it's, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a strange it one. It makes it easier. And also I haven't got problems with animals dying. They can fucking die low. They've got like, to, low, haven't they? Like, Everybody's got animals to. Animals can die. And, I, and I've got humans in that in that group anyway do you know what i mean i'm yeah. gonna die mm. but the manner of that death yes is is is, is an issue mm. and and we have an entitlement to this this food mm. that that's what we think mm. so what i mean by that is i i, I realized this a couple a couple of years back when i was walking down an aisle i can't remember the supermarket all of them do it and there was four different types of steak and i even think going back to my childhood you couldn't have like two or three different versions of fillet between fillet, the extra special version of fillet that the supermarket did, yeah. and then there's this other fillet. And I'm thinking, and that was fillet. Then you had rump. Yeah. Like, Gradients um, of all sirloin. the cuts. And you think, and then and then you're like, why should I have that choice? Mm. Right, so I, so another, my, one of my biggest issues in this day and age is, is, um, is one of the tenets of, um, the, of, of capitalism. Not capital in, in, in itself either. So, again, I think that's a nuanced argument and people who just want to cling to so, like the more socialist ideals are blind. But one of my biggest criticisms are, of, of capitalism is the idea that customers king. Yeah. The customers are fucking cunt because they're a human. And the more, a bit like when I was a manager, 
the more I gave to my staff, the more they just felt entitled and to. take, yeah. And they, when they don't, we don't have the right to just be like unlimited choice. Wait longer, have less, and stop building your life around these things because mm. they're not important. Create more but, meaning. You know, have meaning. Do shit. Mm. That I said earlier, that pearl of great, great price that's inside you, do that more instead of, You've been conditioned, and I hate to, to, to go too far down that route because it's just, you know, a conversation. You've been conditioned a certain way to think what you, you should have and what you should like and that. Listen to yourself and do some things that, like you say, children, how, how massively rewarding they are. Oh. I don't know where my kids are or if I've got any, but I assume do, I, do I have you, a great will, time do, Is there plans? Because you, you, you and Molly are pretty settled on it at this point yeah i guess so um i think we're looking to buy a place i think that's the next step and uh, molly's graduate just graduated but it's a shit time for graduates like it's all of us but that's the challenge for a graduate yeah and um she's not 21 by the way dude Uh, um, she's just she she just yeah yeah exactly she um she's she's a child genius she's 16 um she's Um, she 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 was a mature shim, so yeah. Um, but I think it's house and and then that stuff. It's a fucking big consideration, right? Mm. You know, mm. people mm. say, "Do you want to bring a kid in this world and stuff like that?" I, I'm not that nihilistic. I'm happy with nihilism. Like I'm comfortable. I with feel it a bit like a nihilist. Pop. I feel like an optimistic nihilist because if you listen to <laughs> yeah, enough, great do, do you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. In the end, if you do zoom out far enough and you listen to people like Carl Sagan's, you know, talk or you listen to the Terence McKenna's or any of the psychedelic minded people, you know, there's Alan Watts is great for it because he kind of simplifies it, I guess, commonly for most people. But he makes he mocks it almost of how simple this thing is, how beautiful it is, but how almost just almost meaningless that it is. You know, like you are just part of... I, I, I often think of that and I think, well, the short, tiny little blink of an eye that we get, you have to squeeze it and enjoy it. And it comes back to what you said earlier about if you if you are lucky enough to have that moment, whether it was a documentary you saw, a book you read, a line someone told you, a moment of your behaviour, you, you managed to have enough introspection where you look at yourself and go, do you know what? Yeah, I'm a bit of a fucking dick and... I'm fallible <laughs> and I make mistakes and you you do, you have that truth with yourself and at that point you can kind of set yourself free a bit I think at that point you can start to harness the idea that yeah enjoy this fucking momentary experience and it allows you to have so much more gratitude and definitely and it's the buzzword man yeah that's, that's how I feel with it and I don't know I, I just think social media in this day and age we're all shouting the odds at each other and everybody's perfect and everybody's wonderful and you know there's businesses now where you can rent your fucking car and your malibu mansion and have a photo shoot and basically do your instagram profile and get your followers i mean that's a vat invoice business i mean that is momental <laughs> isn't it you know like yeah. you know so yeah it's, it's it, it is it's, it's difficult to think about kids you know, do you bring kids in? You know, bringing bringing up the kids. How rewarding it is seeing these little blank canvases that that again, like I alluded to earlier. You know, like almost like I've got a second chance, not just for me to be better in a in a in an individual way, but understanding that my energy, my output, 
had reverberating ripple effects, you know, and the consequences of the energy that I expelled, I've got a chance to kind of double down on that. And not only am I trying to improve and be much more compassionate, much more understanding, um, far less volatile and so on, I'm actually getting to map my children with some of those qualities from the off. And my very podcast is born out of my own childhood, you know, where broken, broken family, like seven years old and a lot of unhealthy kind of back and forth between parents and, and not, 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 not great, you know, and learning that pattern and trying to break that pattern and being uber aware of it with my kids. But then I've got friends, you know, that when I talk to them and they, they love the idea of having kids, but they think, I'm not sure in this world and what's happening and where it's going, if it's fair, if we should, you know, and I get that. I get that dilemma. The the one thing I would say is, is that when you say, I don't want kids, it's not for me. I find that difficult to kind of wrap my head around because you just don't know. If someone Mm. puts your baby in front of you Mm. and you're holding it and those cells are you and you're like, that's a strange, that is the strangest thing I've ever contemplated that but i take my hat off to people who make that decision and say do you know what no that i i want to give back to the world by not overpopulating it by not putting you know more people into the world never mind i don't want my child to experience this world Mm. but that nihilistic take is tricky it's such a such a complicated argument that even in charge so so i would and i think that ultimately um, I, I, for all those reasons, I think that, that, that I, when I was a kid, well, not a kid, I guess by the time I was about 18, 19, I've been reading a variety of different books. I come to the conclusion, my answer to the meaning of life was just to live. And there can't be anything more living than actually doing what your body's physiologically got planned for you. And I'm not trying to be, uh, that almost sounds really quite conservative. I'm not trying to like come from, from no, I, I totally I just, get that. I, I totally just think that. that, you know, it's, it's natural. It's a natural thing. There's natural truths there. And that your, your body, like it is as natural. So feed it what it wants and it's going to make you feel the best version of you in the morning, mm. you know, and, 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 and accept things like, I mean, Buddhism, I think, is probably the closest I've ever come to uh, what I find is the most useful Me religion. Too. I think we discussed this previously because yeah, yeah. it teaches, guess what? You're going to suffer a lot, number one, and also be grateful for shit. And as, the things you start, as soon as you start doing that and you start forgiving yourself and, and, and realising that you can be fallible, you actually stop becoming such a dickhead because mm. you stop because you, you stop holding everyone else at that standard mm. where they can't do anything wrong. That's you a great way of putting it. That's a great way you, of putting it. You become a lot, I'm a lot less judgmental. Mm. And the people I know in my life who have got the most emotional trauma for things that they've done to other people that were really bad, yep. that those people, they, they're victims, let's say. Yep. Um, a bit of a strong word there. Mm. Makes it sound a lot darker than what it was, but it was it was bad. Yeah. It was bad. It yeah. was it was for me. It was family stuff. Yep. Um, they'd forgive them now. They don't really care. But the problem is that person can't even forgive themselves or acknowledge anything wrong. Yeah. And you know what they are as a human being, judgmental and fucking angry, mm-hmm. and they have no idea that that's not normal. Yeah. Now because they've just built it up so much. Yeah. Just so, lost with it. Absolutely. But I, yeah, um, I, 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 I uh, digress there. I mean, I, yeah, I can't wait to have kids. I don't blame people for not. 
but also the the population thing. I think it depends where you are as well. I think the world's population's going up, definitely. I think we have a dangerous relationship with what we think we should have mm. um, that isn't ours. Um, but actually, I think in the UK, I think it's been going, it, 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 like our headcount's going. The, the, the UK's population is going up. I don't think that's from childbirth. I think that Aiden, might be from have a look. Like See if you can find that. Immigration. Yeah, please do. Mm. Jamie, pull that up for me. Yeah, pull that Aiden, up. Pull that up. Aiden, nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. But no, <laughs> I, I love that, that dichotomy is, is another thing that I arrive at, you know, when I think about this, when I have these conversations, which is, you nailed it again, which is, it feels like to live, to go through your natural cycles, you know, and childbirth, you know, to reproduce, let's say, broadly speaking, seems to be the fundamental reason for being here broadly yeah. speaking you know like that yeah that, yeah broadly definitely because that, that love that unconditional love from parent to child is is something i've experienced obviously now and i it, yeah it is incomparable it's a strange strange thing it's of its own energy entirely so where i'm stuck is that that seems to be if you are living in that mindful way like you say with that kind of buddhist mindset this thing's you're suffering and it's temporary and you know you've got to be grateful that love when you have when you have a child that reproduction that that creation seems to be the most rewarding thing i've ever been part of or privy to but uh, the argument would be that we're overpopulating and that the problem is there's too many of us and that is a fucking problem if that's the case yeah, isn't it yeah yeah you know i guess some people also it's like people's intentions with child like having kids yes if you're on your if you're on your 20th or you're on your 10th Mm. are you are you nurturing that kid yeah or was it just like again it was it was actually a departure from responsibility Mm. and you know accidents happen most childbirth does that's because sex is really fucking good so i don't blame anyone Mm. for it for this you know Mm. um this isn't a discussion about contraception or, or abortions or anything like that. It's totally understandable. This is about once you get to a certain number, then I think sometimes you've got to be like, oh. But I, 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 I don't feel it at three. That... Yeah, man. Well, it's really interesting that all this subject you say, Sam, because my best mate, very honest guy, we were talking about how to think earlier, and he is a superb emotional thinker and logical thinker and he's so good at separating the two and he's a person i always go to for advice and he always said when he had his his kid when he had two he's like it's brilliant it's all right if i didn't have them i think i'd still be just as happy in a way he said so i'm trying to be realistic here but he said there's a thing that i can't tell you and i can't explain to you or articulate to you about how that makes me feel that I can't, that makes it completely worth it. And like my, like he's had, like, it's been difficult. It's been a difficult sometimes to, for him as a parent. Like mm. It is for everyone. They mm. have the challenges. Mm. But he's he's always said that. And Mark is a, a much better person. Like, this is a crazy thing to say, but I've said it to his face. Yeah. He's a better person for finding Kelly and then yeah. having kids. He yeah. fucking is. Yeah. Like, because he, 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 it started giving him, me like other meanings that I don't think Mark was finding in anything the rest of the planet was telling him to do, which again comes around to that. It's like, 
you're, you're, all these expectations of things that you think you want because you're told you want because there's money in it for someone somewhere down the line. Um, but actually, there's once he discovered that, it's, it's by feeding others, he's nourished himself. And I yeah. think that's the, the great thing about uh, kids. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't had a kid, right? So I'm just, I'm just, this is rampant guesswork and speculation. Well, no, I think uh, explaining what Mark feels there, that's kind of it. You know, that nourishment, that's what I felt. And I was looking for it. I was seeking it all over the place. And like every male, you get told, you know, I'm pregnant. And you, what the fuck? What am I going to do? I mean, I was 32 years old. So, you know... I'm I'm mature at that point and I'm of my I'm in my skin and I'm you know but I'm kind of subliminally ready you know we hadn't talked about it but it was like you know I'm you know I can, I know it's coming down the line and but man you can never be ready and I've got friends at the moment who have got have got I can see or at least I feel like they're at that point that I was at where they they want that thing but they're just scared to death of it like the actual just saying yes let's do it because oh no no well i want to get that and that and that lined up first and then we'll be ready and then we'll do it And it's like well even when that when you've got it all there it will still be the most because it must be because what is a bigger bit of news you know if you if you have kids what kids have given to us you know mm. in terms of the experience what it means as a wider fucking nourishment i've got a couple of friends you know who are kind of at that tipping oh, yeah. point yeah. where the circuit searching for something and i just feel like you're there you're there you are there just let it be do you know what i mean but a couple more things to pile up a couple more things to do so, but again coming back to the beginning of our conversation i'm i've got enough about me now to just keep it inside and just yeah, yeah. just be an ear and be a shoulder you know and and be like, well, what about if you just go for it just go for it you know mm. Um, I've I mean, there's restrain. a way. There's a way to. I always feel now when I when I'm trying to help my mates think is to ask them open questions. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you think do you think do you think you'll ever have enough, or ever be ready? Yeah. I, and I'm not saying that's the solution in that instance, but I think it helps people. People don't really. It's called the eureka moment. People don't. You don't understand a subject until the penny drops. So I could explain to you a certain theory about something and you could be able to repeat it back to me but you still might not understand it mm. it's only until you get that eureka moment when the really the penny drops yeah so you can explain it in different ways and use examples and that means you really understand it. and i think a lot of the time we don't really get that until we draw the conclusion ourselves so sometimes i try that but will will, will, let it, will, will you ever be ready for kids and like if, if they're good together and they're solid together then i don't know like Children have been the destruction of relationships. They mm. have been, um, they you know, they can put unnecessary pressure when people do it to keep a relationship together or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but, intentionally. But like, but like, but like, if you're good together and you're mostly secure and you've been together quite a while, it might be fine. And there's loads of people who've had kids and that's really made them go up a notch. You know, I, oh, I know a lot of creative yeah. people especially in the creative world, less so in my, my professional friends, uh, professional, I mean, like, yeah. say, like, the, yeah. the, 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 the white-collar friends. Yes. They seem to have a less of a panic about this. <clears throat> and it has less, I guess, less of an impact in a way. But for my creative friends, actually, it's made their creativity mm. really come out because they've, they've almost feel that they've, they've got to get it done. No. Instead of, like, this having this unlimited deadline. Yeah. To, uh, no, I, I, know, I totally to feel like that. And I think... 
when you say if you if if you and your partner, you know, when you're about to have children, if you feel if you feel good, if you're on solid ground, if you're comfortable, if you really are in it together, you know, and the timing's right. I mean, that because that's just what happened for for me and my wife. It was like it was just the thing. It was the thing that was missing. You know, the timing was just right in, on her narrative and on mine. And although I had that like, whoa, what the fuck? Right, okay, okay. And I, you know, right, okay, get it together. And I did get it together and I spent time, and because I was 32 and not 22, you know, I did jump on the internet and I, I saw out, like I came across a um, psychologist, Gabor Mate, who, wow. who is amazing if you know his work. I mean... His whole thing is about trauma, but he talks about... I think I came across him, actually, in Zeitgeist 3. Is it Zeitgeist? Well, I haven't seen Zeitgeist 3, actually. It was really interesting because it was I've all about it. environment. So it had been in context with this conversation, actually. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, yeah, it's well worth a watch. But I, yeah. I, it was him who stuck out to me, and I, I got on his work. But he was talking about in utero and how baby in utero is so sensitive to everything. The nutrition, the food, the stress of mother, the conversations, the voices, the music... And we, I just happened to be like, right, in that mindset where I just went on it, right, okay, well, and from day one, I knew, I, my wife, who was game for me coming on these YouTube rabbit holes and stuff, you know, she went like over, and again, this sounds trivial and silly, she's not just watching Cory, you know, and like, here's me on my laptop and shouting, oh, yeah, yeah, she was like, okay, let's have a look, you know, and she was keen, she was yeah, game to right. see... And then when she was listening to the, to Gabor Mate speak or whichever psychologist or whichever doctor or researcher, she was like, oh, wow. And then before you know it, we're going to bed every night. We're talking to him. We name them early. And we're t- oh. calling them by the names. I was playing Alan Watts at night. So when we were going off to sleep My in the bed, we had Alan Watts like, playing at night. So we were listening, obviously, for our own benefit. But like knowing that all of this stuff is going in. So I was really lucky in that way. But my point is, is that my wife and I were like scared, but like, okay, let's do it. And it, for us, it's been, it's been a blessing. It's been a real blessing. It's been the the, the piece of the pie that for a couple of quite anarchic and uh, destructive people that we have been, my wife and I, <laughs> it seems to have given us that level of responsibility and meaning and um, binding that's um, hopefully what you're seeing when you have a look on the old Instagram and stuff, yeah, you know, when like I'm, when I'm, when I'm, and I'm having a good old stalk. Yeah. I, feel, I don't know. That's really nice. I do think children is a, um, it's one of those scenarios that I think shows your true colours. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can come from any background and I know people from all sorts of backgrounds and it hasn't always dictated their behaviour and their qualities as, a, as, as an adult. And I definitely think when you have kids, I think it does um, mm. show what qualities you have. And, and and any anyone who's listening thinks, oh fuck off, Chris. Yeah, I I haven't always been the best parent. That doesn't mean to say that there's not good, you know, that there's not a reasons for your behaviours. It, it mm. means back to like what we've said in the start. But you know, if you do think there's things there that you you're sour about or you're angry, learn to forgive yourself. But it doesn't mean to say lie to yourself about it either. No, uh, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I think I I don't know if I have a, if I if I become a parent, I really hope that. I'm one. Of, I hope I. I'm oh, I, I, I listen. I, I, I have really a lot. Like I've said this to Stu when Stu came on to the chat. Your, your side, your trusty sidekicks <laughs> of one another. Um, you know, I, I watch Stu. I see Stu as a really good dad. I see Stu <laughs> as, a, and by that I mean. You know, there's different ways to measure, you know, from whatever perspective, whatever layer in the cake you're from, you know. But for me, it's just that commitment to being there with them just wanting to be in the experiences whatever they are yeah presence 
whether it's you know the my my kids' age when they're running and they've just drawn their fifteenth dinosaur. Sorry, I just thought I just thought I just meant presents, like just buy stuff, <laughs> but, but never be home. Just sackfuls of gear. Um, no, I mean just being there. That seems to me Charlie and the Chocolate Factory syndrome. That is to me. I just think of Charlie and his granddad who've got fucking not a pot to piss in, right? And they go in the factory, don't they? And there's all these kids from the different classes and they've got all the money or they've got all the whatever. But those two are together. They're bonded. They're sharing an experience. Yeah. They're not wanting yeah. for this, wanting for that. They're just, and that's what I see that in, in Stu, you know, and I feel like yeah, that's definitely. what I'm striving at. And I feel like that, you know, and it's funny you mentioned creatives, you know, the fact that you see the creatives that are kind of, in your friend circles that are kind of taking this side of that on. Like, I feel like that's what it is. It must be something to do with that right hemisphere or something. I don't know. Got to raise your game. Yeah, definitely. Something like that. Well, how's how's it looking for you podcast-wise then? So in terms of you, your, your podcast, Hardcore Listing, you guys are yeah. pumping podcasts out. I mean, the Patreon's popping. Shh. I just don't know yeah. like I mean, how you do it. Shoes are comp- Stu's a compulsive podcast. He, he's got like about 12 others at the moment. Mm. Um, and uh, But uh, Hardcore Listing is going great. We uh, Patrons, yeah, we're really enjoying that. Um, I think we're growing more in Patreon than anywhere else really these days. Right. And we like that. I think um, it's a new way you can earn a living, right? And it's like, I think a long time ago, when I saw Patreon and, and sort of versions of that before, I was like, what you're gonna like some people put out content for free and then you just say hey pay us if you want yeah i couldn't get my head around that it, it, it does seem quite in, inverse like and especially in, in the past but technology and lifestyles are changing and i think people sort of like there's new ways people understand that they want to finance what they enjoy mm-hmm. and they don't have to pay for it but then it doesn't exist and i think podcasts like i uh, mean shoe have which can be quite rude really especially like the patreon versions (laughs) um that might not we might not always get the sponsors that um you know other people will because we maybe it'll be a bit too grotty or well yeah but it's staying true to podcasting for me that's what i love about it you guys aren't holding back you just tell it as it is is, and i think that introspection that truth that we talked of in a more philosophical serious way like i know you guys trade off of you know being fucking just a pair of dafties having the crack yeah and yeah, that's the, that is what it is. Not because that's what you are, but because that's what we all are. And you're just happy to just be that and not have to be. It's just easy listening, truthful and real. That's what I love about podcasting. I love that. I think that's what is the magic of podcasts. But like everything, you know, the big business gets bigger, you know, and then we start refining it to suit the, the front of house. You know, yeah. and so I totally get the Patreon thing. I mean, I've been a patron of you guys for a while. I've been a Patreon of a couple in America that I love. Um, bamboozled me at first because I thought, hang on a minute, I'm listening to Joe Rogan or whoever it is for three hours at a time for, for nothing. And then, I'm, you know, this little <laughs> podcast, they are quite light, but I'm not sure if I'm going to hand over two quid or whatever. But actually, <laughs> as we move through the times, yeah. and as you alluded to before, when we talked about maybe communities being smaller is, is, is more beneficial, it feels like it's happening a little bit. In, in podcast community to me like people are paying patreons and that's somehow refining their diet refining their intake because there's more of a commitment like when you bought a record as opposed to just yeah. streaming a link you know you're going to yeah. listen to that record whether you think you've hit a bum note and fucking hell, i'm not that bothered about it actually but i'm listening to it because i bought it it feels like maybe a bit more i don't know ownership of your of what it is you're consuming a bit again the, the- 
the, the fewer people you're worried about appeasing and uh, because you want to be bigger. Because the thing is, it, like, there is an argument to say if you soften certain things, maybe you'll start appealing to um, a wider a wider market. And that could be on any subject. Widen, widen the nature of what you talk about, for example. You can do those things, but then you start to lose character. And I think also then like things become homogenized, and that's why yeah. like people say all, all pop music sounds the same mm. because they're kind of aiming for such a wide market, such a wide part. It just they're gonna try and tick all the same boxes. Mm. So if you keep it, if you keep your yourself true to yourself, mm. you've got a better product there, I think, and mm. more people, not more people, but the people that are going to want to listen to it are going to stay with you. And I think that's more important than mm. anything else. I'm saying that because we've got two listeners. Well, basically. you have you, you, my mum's you, the other you've, you've hit over a million downloads. Yeah, we've done that now. Yeah, yeah that's it's, amazing. It's yeah. That's oh, amazing, man. That's amazing. Is that mind-blowing to think that? It is, because if you were to think about us in terms of stadiums, that would like. Can you imagine how many stadiums that would fill? It's fucking mental, <laughs> heard, isn't it? yeah. Yeah, if we'd heard heard us talking about like babies with big dicks or something like that. That's how I. I mean? It's just. It, it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've been using that technique actually. When as I've been starting to grow in the lockdown, I've chosen to use the lockdown time and take my podcast into video, and. You know, it's a long, slow burner trying to build YouTube like it is anything, you know, and you've got to keep digging and keep shoveling and, you know, you do a podcast or I've done a podcast. It looks great, Sam. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. And It looks really, really good. But, Honestly, like as soon as you started doing it, I said to Shu, mm. fucking Sam's got his shit together there. Nice it looks one. really good. I appreciate yeah. that. Well, it, you know, and, and I know that. And, you know, again, the belief in, I've been in bands for long enough that, you know, you just put it in, you keep shoveling and, you know, if you believe in it, you're enjoying what you do anyway. That's why you're doing it. Definitely. But with the yeah. YouTube, it's like I do a podcast and maybe there's like 37 views on this podcast. We do a Friday night premiere. Yeah? And then, but I've been like, <laughs> I, but then I've been stopping at that point and going, hang on a minute. If I was in, if there was fucking 37 people, like 37 so people have listened to that tonight, right? When we could have been doing this, because especially on the premieres, because like they're stopping yeah. to watch it at that time. And yeah. then I think that's fucking mind blowing, really. Yeah. 37 really, people, like, that's like what? Eight carloads or something, 10 carloads. Dude, of people. <laughs> dude. It's, it's, it's going back to being uh, grateful and having some fucking. Um, perspective on things yeah. by doing that and yeah. and as and, and, and actually instead of trying to look at something bigger and go oh why can't i be joe rogan mm. it's like that that's going to put everyone off anyway oh, doing it yeah. do it because you love it yeah. and, and 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 massive this is another thing that um, i've been reading a lot about recently about thinking is perspective mm. changing your perspective lens can again free you from burdens that you, you you've always worried about or whatever or behaved in a certain way but uh it can actually absolutely drive you on to to being happy and, mm. and uh, yeah man that's that's a very mm. cool thing a million downloads a million downloads that's amazing yeah. so what what how you've been doing podcasts during this time have you done everything mm. via kind of zoom Is, have you done any studio stuff yeah. i don't think we have mate i, I, I think uh, have you not no. seen Stu then have you not been in the physical with, I, with, had to go and knock on his door and we <laughs> even kept that socially distant because right. uh, I had to I can't remember what I was I was um, picking up or dropping off I think it was empty bottles for love beer right ah, um, I remember something about it yeah. I think he photographed you so, didn't he on the street or something <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it so um, 
yeah, apart from that, mate, it's all been just you know doing it like this, and mm. it's it's been it's been really great. Uh, mm. how, how have you how have you fared with it? All? Yeah, well, I've... have you you've done a couple of opposite face faces, or was that just before lockdown? No, no, I did, I did, I had a couple in the in the bank when lockdown was kind of That's right. a bit weird, and I was only just starting doing the video stuff anyway. Yeah, and yeah. so what I did was I just did stuff with my brothers. We did the four brothers stuff because right, yeah. obviously we're brothers. We're all family. The studio is an isolated place. We took a little bit of a risk, truth be told. But in, like I say, in my my uh, interpretation of podcasting, I was prepared to do that. We're four brothers. Yeah. We're in a we're in an isolated place. We hadn't come into contact with anybody else, and we wanted to sit and we wanted to discuss the yeah. madness. It felt important to try and get it down of what was happening. And I'm really pleased I did because even now, just changing the SD card on the machine the other day, I had a quick look, flick through what was there and I had a quick listen to a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there of early podcasts, like when this whole thing started. Yeah. Because I know enough to know that we're going to be at a further point in time and look back at this shit and be like, what the fuck happened there? Yeah. You know, that was as pivotal a time as any that mm. were certainly in, in our lifetimes, but maybe in, you know, modern history. Mm. It's, you know, so I'm really pleased that we did have those. But other than that, um, yeah, I've done a lot in the studio. People with social distancing, like I say, it's an isolated studio. So I've been kind of pretty in touch with my I normal would. routine. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think's helped me massively, actually. I loved being locked down. We had like eight weeks or something locked down with just my wife and kids, which was amazing because it was like a recalibration. Like I think a lot of people got that from that initial lockdown where yeah. it's like, oh, just stop. And the weather was blessed. I you feel like I feel like there was something Gee, in that. Walks. Yeah, people waving at each other on the streets, everybody mm. looking at each other because it's almost like time slowed down for a minute. Yeah. That fucking hamster wheel just, we got off it for a minute and like, oh, actually, yeah. I could, I could, I could do life at this pace. Yeah. And then, like, maybe, like, at the 10-week mark, mm. I started going a bit me mental. Mm. Mm. And and I definitely think my girlfriend was like, this is, like, this was great, but now we need you to, are doing yeah. my head in. Yeah. And uh, we need to, like, actually see people. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing in terms of, uh, like, back to like responsibility like there's so many different guidelines that were going out and that, that wasn't me then going right well as oh you don't know i don't fucking know what to believe so i'm gonna have a massive party <laughs> I, you know I, I think that's just people just yeah. finding a way to feed what their ego wanted yeah. their emotions talking as it were mm. um but i think like we, we've we've done things but we've always been like right Let's do this. Let's judge this our own way, but let's make sure we're as responsible. Yeah, you know, totally. really responsible with it. So, you know, doing that with your brothers and stuff like that. I mean, mm. like, if you're thinking about it, I think that there's nothing wrong with it. Mm. And mm. Uh, yeah, I just wish more people would think about it and just either just blame the government mm. uh, for giving mixed messages, which they've been fucking terrible at. Let's let's be oh, honest. It's so it. confusing. Let's, yeah, yeah. Without making it a, a podcast mm. where um, we just talk about that, like because you could. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you could just got to use a, some common sense mm. and and try and just be careful. And yeah, mm. so nice mm. one, man. I, I I'd like to get back to it, but saying all this shit, I got a live show this week. Oh, so yes, you, you know, have. We, yeah, how many yeah, yeah, how yeah. many folks will be at that then? Do you think? So it's the same venue that we always do, where the capacity is about one thirty to one fifty. Right. But we're selling. We we just said that there's there's twenty five tables. 
which sit, sit two people at each. It's only 50 people. Right. So thankfully it sold out. Excellent. But I'm literally going to go and do the podcast and be a, a, a real antisocial fucker as well. Like, I, do, you think, gonna, do you think do you think you'll feel weird? Would, would, do, you, do you anticipate how you might feel like sort of being amongst people and the you know the energy level of people drinking and kind of is that? I wonder how it might feel. I don't know, mate. I've got terrible willpower though. <laughs> so so the the idea that um, this plan's going to stay the same. Um, the only advantage at the moment is I'm not really well. I haven't drunk in three months. I've been doing the keto thing, and mm. I've had I've had I've had one night of drinking on whiskey. Do you feel good? And uh, fucking yeah. Oh, excellent! You've been doing a lot of exercise as well, then. Yeah, right. I've I've made. I can now run five k, which doesn't sound a lot, but I couldn't do anything. You know. So have you got in a rhythm with the ketosis and stuff then? So with your yeah, exercise? And... Yeah, I eat between. I start eating at twelve in the uh, noon. Twelve kind mid, of yeah. like, mid noon. Thank you yeah. for explaining the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I finish at I believe eight pm. Yeah, I'm about that. I don't, I don't... I'm about that. Yeah, I'm like eleven oh, seven. Really? Yeah, I, I don't not really? eat till about eleven, and uh, we try and stop for about seven. Yeah. Um, trying to hit that around 16 hours ish yeah somewhere there I mean obviously some days I mean what I do find I don't know about you but I I find sometimes if I train hard because I train in the mornings what with my day job bits I do I try and get stuff done in the morning because at night I want to get in and be with the kids and not be in and out and you know they're in bed and all that but I find sometimes depending on what the training is I might I might get a bit light a light headed I might get a little bit like a bit weaker feeling and I notice that sometimes but Again, there's lots of variables that can play into that. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm my wife. We're in a real good rhythm of that. And I feel so much clearer for that. You know, not having yeah. hula hoops and God knows what, 11 o'clock at night and then getting up and having that box of cereal that's full of vitamin C, apparently. You know, and actually in that in it, like, you know, and kind of you just always process, don't you? So yeah, it feels good. So you, 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 you're training, you're ketoing, you're, um, you're podcasting, live show on the way. It's all, it's all, it's all right. It's yeah. all right, isn't it? You know, and hopefully we're going to get some good news and maybe people can start to relax a bit and maybe find our way back into whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully. And hopefully we'll do another one. So I, yeah. I, I absolutely like when we did the last recording and stuff like mm. that. And I, I think I, I spoke to you after that and just thought you're going to do great, man. Cause you just got a, lo- a, a lovely manner and, a, a, you know, and conversation just flows, man. So hopefully when this all comes to an end, yeah. maybe we'll, uh, We'll, we'll have a trip cool. and we'll come well, to your I'm, studio I'm, yeah, or something well, like that. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. I mean, I held you to this when I came on yours that I'd get you on. And I think this is an exclusive having you on another podcast because I don't even think you listen to podcasts. <laughs> I absolutely don't, mate. But, I um, have no interest in podcasts, which is the fucking weirdest thing ever. But well, no, it's cool. Before I mean, listening to a conversation kills me. I like having them, but I don't want to be a passive listener. Well, I've been talking to Stu and Stu wants to do the Peak District. So obviously he loves his wild swimming and that, and you guys went wild swimming, didn't you? So we're kind of knocking around an idea of getting getting him up here. So you guys right. come up here. We'll we'll 100%. I'll take care of you. We'll go we'll go um, have a nice wild camp and a wild swim, and we'll get in here and we'll have a little knock oh, around in the flesh. That'd be lovely. That is that is hundred percent a done deal, Sam. Absolutely, mate. We'll work it out when the world gets back together. But listen, thank you, Chris Glasson. Yeah, man. You've been absolutely wonderful as ever. Um, uh, it's been great chat. Lovely. So take care of yourself. Sam, you too, mate. You too. And we'll speak to you again soon, brother. Yeah, man. Take it easy, dude. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Chew the Chat podcast. Thank you for listening. 
Chewy the Cat podcast. I want to do my own work. Go on then. Very angry. And there you are, Chris Glasson. What a lovely boy. Um, yeah, really, really always great fun and um, nice to chat to Chris. And even though we've only met up and chatted, what, four times over five years or something like that, there's just like a strange thing that the podcast world does where you kind of, you become so familiar with the people that you kind of in sync with, you know, whether that's just philosophically or, you know, in habits and hobbies and what have you. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a weird one sort of hooking up with those boys but it all is what it is and uh yeah we're going to plan something for the future we'll get out and camp we'll do a wild camp and a wild swim maybe take a couple of the cameras just get something together and then we'll do a podcast in here and chat and drink about it that'll be fun um so thank you to chris thank you to pod bible give Stu a shout with his relentless and tireless work um pod bible we're in issue 11, which is circulating right now. If you go over to podbiblemag.com, you can you can read the magazine online. You can order for the cost of a stamp, I think. You can order hard phys- uh, physical copies, shall I say, uh, to be sent to you. They go out in the Sunday Times bi-monthly. Um, so check it out next time um, you grab uh, Sunday Times. You might you might find that uh, on issue 12, which will be a beginning of next month, I think. But I'll keep you posted on that. But in the meantime, head over to podbiblemag.com and check out everything going on in the podcast world. Thank you to our sponsors, Go Deep Flotation. Wonderful. Code word you, 10% off. Thank you to our second sponsor, lincolncryolab.co.uk. 10% off. Wonderful things to do for your health, for your well-being, for your mental health, for physical um, ailments, for everything, man. Just fundamental human being skills is to pay mind to your actuality, to how you are actually feeling, what you are actually putting yourself through, what you aren't aware that's happening, subliminally, pressure, stress, worry, anxiety, all these things. These couple of therapies are so good for that because, you know, you're ticking a box going into the unknown in your mind and then that opens up doors and you have a crazy experience with both of them, um, if nothing else. Uh, But I urge you, read about it, learn about it, learn about flotation, learn about cryotherapy. And if you do spend an hour or two reading about those things and you're hard-pressed to come up with an argument to not give it a whirl, especially now... So there you go. And also I want to shout out the UK column doing fantastic work. Anybody um, in recent podcasts who's heard me talk about the ukcolumn.org website, um, there are a bunch of guys who are basically helping to deconstruct the mainstream narratives of the news. And obviously at the moment it's all COVID related, um, at least on the surface, but really it seems to be more cabinet related and what's happening in the new regime and how we are shuffling new order um, in the country in the way that we are going to be managing law and what it is that um, we consider to be liberty and they take all of this fast moved pace you know this number that number these cases this lockdown this tier that tier and they they get down into the fine nitty-gritty the fine print of the actual legislations the actual acts that are being put through parliament and the house of lords and all of the various levels of echelon that um we just get a clickbaity headline on and therefore gossip and hearsay and curtain twitching and looking at each other funny so if you head over to ukcolumn.org um or easier still, just just check, type in UK Column on YouTube and 
subscribe to their channel and you can um, you can catch them. I think they publish every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And they just basically take all of the latest news, all of the latest headlines, all the latest legislation, laws, acts, and they break them down and they do the research deep into where they come from, who put them in place, what does it mean, um, what is the severity and, you know, what does it, what does it mean for us as people and gives you something to balance against tabloids and sound bites and taglines and hashtags that are just designed to, yeah, herd us into one state of mind. So um, I urge you to get over there. They're doing powerful work and um, I can't say that enough. It's really, really important. So ukcolumn.org. You can find us on YouTube. If you haven't already, go over to the chat podcast, subscribe, hit the notification bell, get everything dropping your lap. Um, we do the videos on a Friday night. They're going down great. The new cameras are wonderful. And um, yeah, we're about getting onto a nice little level level playing field there now. So um, some interesting podcasts coming up. We've got um, some some really interesting people. We've got some uh, a couple of doctors. I'm not going to say too much, but we are branching out into some areas that um, I'm really interested in. And I think since we, since we had Darren G on and we kind of broke the door open a little bit, um, we're now we're now able to kind of pursue some some subjects and some people that I'm really interested in getting on and sharing with you guys. So we're going to be um, yeah we're going to be digging deep over the next couple of months and really looking forward to it. So in the meantime, people, it's Sunday. I'm on my own. I'm going to go back in the house. I'm going to get clean. I'm going to tidy up as best I can for my family returning home. Put the heating on, and I'm going to chill until they get here, and then I'm going to enjoy my little family. Um, and that is that. So. You guys take care of yourselves. Look after each other. Peace.